Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning, New Community Church. How you guys doing? Y'all look good this morning. Well, hey, my name is Spencer, and I'm the family life pastor here, and I'm so excited to get to share the Word of God with you this morning. Um, And we're going to be continuing our series, Let's Go. Uh, Now, you need to know something about me before we get going, because uh, I'm used to talking to kids and students, right? I've talked to to junior highs and high schoolers for like the past five years. I did younger camps before that, all kinds of stuff. And so what that means is I'm used to people talking during my message, Now, I don't mean just like random blabber, that's what I'm used to, but this morning I want to challenge you because I like to know that you're awake, okay? So if any time during the message you hear something that's really good, uh, if you hear something that maybe your neighbor, spouse, somebody should have written down instead of nudging them, uh, or if you hear like it's from God, you can just say, you know what, amen, amen, preach it, pastor, you don't have to hit your, your husband or your wife, you know, just give them a verbal cue that that was something good that they should have taken note of, or my favorite right here, well, anybody ever heard that before? That's good stuff. So um, we're going to be continuing our series, and in case you don't know me, uh, I just want to give you a little something about me because I am excited about this series. This series, Let's Go, is all about movement, right? This idea of this action verb, to go, means that we've got to be moving, and if you know me, you can attest to the fact that I'm a go kind of guy. I like to be moving. I like to be doing different stuff. Uh, The past couple years, I've climbed some 12,000 foot peak mountains. I've done my first marathon and triathlons. I brave like flash flood hiking areas just because I like to, because I'm weird like that. And so um, as I was thinking about this series, I thought there's lots of things that we do, but sometimes we forget to ask the question of why we do it right? And this series, uh, Let's Go, is all about us moving in the direction that we're supposed to be going in. And, um, and I realize that sometimes I go, but I don't always think about why I go or where, where I go. And so this idea of the series, Let's Go, is not just about going, but it's about going in the right direction, right? It's about us hearing the voice of God and then listening and being obedient to go where he's called us to go. And if we want to be who we're called to be and go where we're called to go, we have to continue to listen and be obedient to Christ as he speaks to us and he uses us. And the heart of this message and this series that we're looking at this week is from Isaiah 43. Uh, And it says this, it says, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And this idea that the prophet Isaiah is talking about here is saying, you know what, we've got to go. We've got to move. If we want the newness that God has created for us, we've got to do something that we can't stay here. We can't be okay with the same old, same old. We can't be okay with complacency in our lives or what God's calling us to. And so to experience this, we've got to go. So this morning, let's go find out what God wants to speak to us. Yeah? You guys with me? See, there was that, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it going, that's good. Um, so if, uh, if you haven't been here for the past two weeks in this series, Pastor Aaron's been preaching some incredible messages that are really monumental, not just to our personal growth, which they are, but also to the growth of NCC, of where our church is going and where God is calling us to. And uh, I'll just give you a quick recap, and if you want to go listen to them, they're on the podcast app or on newcommunity.co, you can listen to all of our previous messages, but Uh, Two weeks ago, Pastor Aaron talked about how we are called to go make disciples, how it is our call, our job, our duty to go do this. And it's, it's not just something that is the right thing to do, 
or, or an opportunity to do, but it's our responsibility to do it. And if we're not, then uh, Pastor Aaron brought this great idea of that we, ha- we must multiply or die, right? We have to keep going, otherwise we're not going anywhere. And so uh, such a great message two weeks ago, and then last week we talked about the idea of going and impacting our community. How do we, how do we go outside of these four walls and go do things for people? And, and we had some action steps last week, and if you weren't here, we're going to throw them up on the screen, but in the seat back in front of you, there's a little card, and we call it the scorecard. Now, right now, I want everybody to reach up there, grab that scorecard, and I'm going to ask you to kind of give yourself a score on how you did with these two steps right here. Um, and so we're going to turn on some music, but how, did you sign up for the Let's Go Serve on Saturday, February 27th, or did you seek out uh, ongoing serving opportunities? How are you doing in these areas? And this isn't for us to grade you. This is for you to realize whether or not you are going, all right? So go ahead and take a minute to do that. couple more seconds. I know this music is nice and relaxing. It's like the, Ella, don't fall asleep on me. We're going to get going here in a second. One or two more seconds. All right, you can continue filling that out if you haven't finished, but at the end of service, you can drop that in the, uh, in the buckets that we'll have by the doors. But this is all about you realizing whether or not you are being obedient and moving and going where God is calling you to. And so we want to do this each and every week so that we don't allow ourselves to sit by and be complacent, right? And so last week, we were talking about how to serve uh, the community, how we can do stuff outside of uh, these four walls. But this week, we're going to talk about how we are called to go and serve others, and that's what we'll be talking about this morning. And I thought about, uh, again, the why. Why do we do this? And, and it made me realize that everything we do, there is a why. Whether we think about it or not, there's lots of things that, that can just happen. But I took some examples. So, so go with me for a second. Uh, there's something that most all of us do, right? It's uh, we all go to work, right? So that's the what. And then why do we do it? Because we need money. Simple enough. Um, let's see. We, we go to the grocery store. Why? Because we need food, because we're hungry. We go work out. Why? Because we ate too much of that food. Now we're fat and we're kind of looking a little, you know, around this area. Um, we go to church. Why? Because during that workout, there were some words that we were thinking that we didn't want to say out loud, but we were really stressed out and mad. Uh, so there's all these different whys. And as we were preparing for the message this week, we talked about what is the why behind why we serve? What's the purpose of it? And we, we know that whenever we know why we do things, that we're a little bit more passionate about doing them, right? We feel a little bit more compelled, or maybe we, we are more apt to reach out and go outside of our comfort zone when we know why we're doing what we're doing. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And, and usually, sometimes you hear messages that they'll, they'll like kind of build up to this one big idea, right? And then they like, boom, and they drop the mic. I'm going to start off with the boom this morning, all right? So I hope you got your notes out. You're ready to take some notes because it's good. Uh, but to get to that main point, we've got to know the story first of Jesus. And I'm assuming most of you in here would know that story, but I'm going to give you a quick recap just in case. Jesus, the Son of God, sent to earth to live in flesh, born of a virgin, right? Lives a sinless life even through his teens and 20s, which we can all say, you know, that's pretty tough to do. He uh, starts his ministry when he's around 30 years old. 
He begins to go around the countryside and he begins to heal and he begins to, to raise the dead to life. He begins to do all of these incredible things and he says, hey, let me actually get some people to help me do this. He, he finds some disciples and he says, come here, look at what I'm doing, learn it, and then begin to live it out. You know, don't just be fishers uh, of fish, but be fishers of men and follow me. And then he ends up having to deal with some of the worst of the worst people, biggest pains in the butts, right? Even his own people. Uh, we've experienced that in life. And then he allows himself to be gruesomely murdered on a cross for each and every one of our sins. But why? Why would you live this sinless life? Why would you live so selflessly and do all these great things knowing that you're going to die for people that will never be worthy of the cause that you died for? Why do that? And the answer that we're going to look at this morning is in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 through 28. And if you don't have a Bible, there's actually one in the seat in front of you. That's our gift to you. We believe in the word of God and the power that it has and the way we should follow it in our lives. So we're going to be there in Matthew chapter 20, and it's on page 535 in that Bible. And let me just say, I'm going to hit a couple different verses this morning, and we won't dig uh, really deep into all of them, but feel free to write them down and go check them out this week. But let's start off here in Matthew chapter 20. And I'm going to summarize a little bit of this. What's happening is Jesus is with his 12 disciples, right? His, his 12 best dudes, and, and uh, they're all hanging out, and two of them are brothers, and their mother is with them. Now, sometimes when mom's around, that can be a little embarrassing, right? She does some stuff or says some stuff that we don't like, but she comes up and she says, hey, Jesus, I got something to ask of you. Is it possible that my sons could sit at the right and the left of you? And she's talking about, you know, like in your kingdom and in your authority and all these different things. And, and Jesus says, I don't think you know what I've got to do. Like I'm carrying some pretty like heavy loads. I've got, to, I've got to accomplish some great tasks. And he says, that's not really my choice. That's, that's God's choice. He can grant that and not me. He said, but, but you know what? Just keep working towards being like me. And then the, the other disciples kind of overhear that. And you know how it is when somebody like they're trying to get in a, like, on, like on the side. They're like, ooh, I need to get the best deal out of this, right? And so the disciples are like, why are you trying to sneak in there and get closer to Jesus? All this stuff. They start bickering and fighting. And then Jesus stops them all and he says, hey, guys, listen to this. I know you're used to the normal world where there's bosses and authority and all of those people get served by the people under them, right? Just like the, the jobs we work at. And he says, that's not how it's going to be for you guys. And this is where we pick up in verse 26. He says, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. And then verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, if you have your Bible or using a smartphone, man, underline that, highlight it, exclamation points beside it. That is our why behind what we're doing. Because even the Son of God came not to be served, but to serve. And as followers of Christ, this should be our goal. Our goal should be to look like him and begin to do the same things as him. And so this morning, the why is I serve to be like Jesus. That's our why. And I'll be honest, that was a spot where you could have said amen, because that's good. That's what we should be doing. But you'll have other chances. Don't worry. Um, so that's why I serve to be like Jesus. Now, lots of times in our, in our messages, we'll have some stuff up here for you to write on your notes. And many times, the subject of these is we right? We are called to serve like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. But this day specific, we said we want to be intentional and help you realize that this is a personal call for each and every one of you in this room. If you're in this room, this is for you. I, insert your name here, I, Spencer, serve to be like Jesus. And so um, I know many times we can all find plenty of excuses of why not to serve, right? There's the, uh, well, I'm too busy, 
Maybe I don't have the right skill set. I'm too old. I'm too young. Uh, they have paid church staff, you know, to serve the church. Why would I help out with anything? Or, or maybe we're just lazy, right? And let's be honest. Sometimes we just want to be a pew potato. We want to come in here, put our feet up, watch the screens, and just hang out a little bit. But that is not the heart of God. And if we want to be like him, we have to have a heart like him for people and not for ourselves. And so um, this attitude is, is, is where some of us get in trouble sometimes when we go, you know what, I need to serve for what I can get out of this. And God's saying, that's not what I've called you to do. I've called you to be like me. All right? So if we're called to serve because we want to be like Christ, what exactly does that mean? Because Jesus is a hard person to follow up, right? That's a hard act to follow. Sinless, selfless, no mistakes, died for us. I mean, that's tough. But when we realize that it's not just something that we're supposed to try to do, but it's something that we were created to do, is when things begin to change. And you can write that down this morning. I was created to serve. It's our purpose. It's what we were made to do. And we're going to look at Ephesians 2 and 10. It says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's a short little verse right there, right? But there's so much truth in who we are called to be. For instance, the first two words, it says, for we. Now, this word we, this is all-inclusive. If you are in this room living and breathing today, that includes you. If you are born, if you live anywhere in America, in the world, in whatever, this is you. It's an all-inclusive term that says anybody, everybody. For we are God's handiwork. What's that mean? That we were created by God. And in Genesis chapter 1, it says that we were created not just by God, but in God's image. Now that's good. We were each created in the image of God. And he created us male and female alike. He made all of us to look like him. But why? Right here, Ephesians 2.10. To do good works. That's why we were created. We were created, all of us, in the image of Christ to do good works. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you, like, hand some guy that's homeless a dollar and then, like, you're good? I mean, that is a good work, right? Let's, let's, let's agree that's good. But is that all we're called to do as Christ followers? Should it end right there? I would say no because it's not the heart of Jesus just to give to one person, but to give anything I can to anyone I can, to be Jesus in the flesh to them, to show them who he is and who he is through me. Because we're created to be like Christ. That's our purpose. Every single one of us, we are created to be like Christ. And he came not to be served, but to serve. And that's why we were created. But sometimes just being created for a purpose isn't actually enough. You guys know what I mean? Like we know things all the time that were created for something that was misused and it got, it got used for something else. And so... The next thing I want to look at uh, is this idea that I was called to serve. Go ahead and write that down in your notes this morning if you're taking notes. I was called to serve. Now this, I'm, I'm a big movie buff. I don't know anybody here likes movies as much as me. Anybody, a couple of you guys. Uh, and there's a, one of my all-time favorite movies. It's a classic, Remember the Titans. Anybody ever seen it? Come on, you could talk a little bit. You could say, oh yeah, something, yeah. It's a good movie. Um, but it reminds me of this right here. The fact that you can be created for something, but really not accomplish what you need to get accomplished. Because in this story, and sorry if I spoil it for you, it's really old, so you should have seen it by now. It's your fault. In this movie, we see this time where there's all these athletes that play football. Great athletes. They were created with greatness, and, and it's in a time where there's racism. And the, the schools are beginning to combine. 
And then you begin to see all this tension where they can't seem to work together. Everything is kind of chaotic and they want to fight each other and nothing good is happening. And then the man, Denzel Washington, their coach comes in. Come on, he's good. Uh, Denzel comes in and he takes him out to boot camp and he takes him on this long run and brings him to this graveyard. And he, he says, listen, there's people that died for you to be where you're at today. You were created for a purpose, but if you do not do something about it, all of this will be for nothing. The exact quote in the movie is so good. He says, if we don't come together, we will be destroyed. And just like that, we are all created for a purpose. But if we don't realize that we were called also, then we may let our creation go to waste because we think, you know what, I've done too many bad things, so I'm no longer called. I, my past is too messed up. I haven't raised my kids right, so maybe my calling is now different. But God said, no, I have created you and called you. What it says in Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You were called to be free, not to be bound by sin. You were not be called to live in sin or even to be tempted by sin. You were called to be free. You were created to be free. Now, do not use that freedom to indulge in the sinful nature, but rather serve one another. Just like in the movie, in that moment, the coach calls him and he says, listen, if you come together, if you can work together, greatness can happen. But if not, you will be destroyed. And now today, God is saying to you, you were created for greatness. Now it's time for you to act. It's time for you to respond. He's calling you not just to be created to do something, to be called to do something. And that something is to look like him, to live like him. We talked about how we're created in God's image, right? That we, because we're creating God's image, should have his DNA. It means we should resemble him, just like our kids resemble us. We are supposed to resemble Christ in the way that we act, in the way that we speak, in all these different ways, because we were called and created to do that. So what does that look like? What does it look like for us? Because we've talked about the why, right? It's, it's pretty simple. Why do it? Because Jesus did it, and if he did it, we should be doing it too, because we're called to look like him. We're called to have his DNA. But what does that mean for us today? How do we do it? I'd say the first thing and one of the most important things is one, we know God, that we have to know God. And I don't mean just know of God, but know him personally, just like if you're in a relationship. The relationship doesn't work unless you communicate, right? All my married people said, amen, come on, come on. It doesn't work if you don't communicate. And in the same way, God is crying out, I want a relationship with you. I want to know you. I want you to walk with me. But it requires us to know him personally to continue to grow in that relationship and, and foster it and begin to take care of it. And if for you today, you don't have that relationship and you don't know Jesus personally, in just a couple minutes, I'm going to give you that opportunity to, to start the first day of the rest of your life because it's the greatest thing in all the world. And so that's the first thing is that we have to know God. But the second thing we have to do to begin to serve in our church and to serve the people here is we have to know who God has created us to be, who he's called us to be. We know that we were created to be like him, but what does that mean for me? Right? And there's a scripture that we're going to see in the Bible. It's in 1 Peter 4.10. It says this, Each of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now this is the, as practical as it gets right here. What are we supposed to do? How do we serve? Right here, we use whatever gift God has given us. That means whatever you're passionate about, whatever your love is for, that's what you're called to do. And so we see that I serve with my gifts. That's what we're called to do. I can serve with my gifts. He's given each and every one of us something specific. 
It's just like, uh, man, I don't know if you guys grew up in a church that did potluck dinners, but I remember the potluck dinner where everybody brings something different, right? And it's not just I want the meat, because I want the meat, I want the potatoes, I want the appetizer, I want a couple desserts, I want the drinks, I want all of this, right? And that's how the church works, is that everybody brings their gifts to the table, their talents, what God has blessed them in, and because of that, we can change the atmosphere of the church. We can change what the church is known for. We can change what people see when they come to the church. We can change who people see when they hear the name Jesus because we're living it out. Because everything we do looks like what Christ would do because it's in our DNA. It's who we are. We begin to ask God, God, open up my eyes and my ears. Help me to listen to you and to know who you've created to meet me to be so that I can serve you in that way. And so that means some of us, we're, we're called to different things, right? Some of us to teach and to preach. Some of us have like been blessed with incredible hands and teeth where you're supposed to be like waving at people outside in the parking lot saying, hey, come on in, right? That ain't a joke, man. Some of you, I don't, y'all probably don't want to see me out there. I'll be like, ooh, go away from that church. Um, but we're all gifted and talented in different areas. And God's saying, hey, it's time to find yours and it's time to go. Not stay here, right? We can't stay here. If we stay here, we're going to die. The church is going to die. We're called to go, we're called to move, we're called to be who he's created us to be and make a difference for the kingdom of God. And so as we begin to do this, as we begin to serve with our gifts and serve with what God has given us, something happens. And it no longer just becomes about what we can give physically, but it becomes what we can give spiritually. And we begin no longer just to serve with our gifts, but we serve with our hearts. Each and every one of us, we should serve with our heart. This means giving anything we can. In Ephesians 6, 7, it says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not for people. Now, let's be honest for a second. Hopefully, if you were told that Jesus was coming in this place today, you would act a little different, right? Because some of us, maybe we had a long night, and so we're tired. It's like during worship, we're like, mm, Jesus, I sing a song. I guess it's okay. Uh, or during the word, you're like, let me check Instagram to make sure I don't fall asleep and all these different things, right? Uh, or even if you were preparing, you'd, you'd vacuum the floor the best you could if you knew Jesus was coming. But do we live our life like that? Do we live our life serving people like if we were serving the Lord? You could put your steel toe boots on this morning because some of this is real, right? Some of this is real. Sometimes we don't do that. Why? Because we want what's best for me, what's most convenient for me. And we want to just do whatever it takes to get by. And sometimes we have a problem, not just with the way we think, but, but it becomes a, a problem in our heart. It becomes a, a problem with our attitude. And so many times we get to this idea of we're not coming to serve, but we're coming to volunteer. Now there's a big, a big chasm between these two, and there's a very large difference. Because when you come to volunteer, you come to, you know, complete a task. Check off the list. You know what, they need my help, so I'll come and do this. But, but when you're here to serve, your heart is now, I'm here for anything that they need me for. Anything God wants to use me for, I'm open. I'm ready to serve. And it becomes not just a head thing, but a heart thing. And we're called not to be volunteers. None of these notes up here say, I volunteer because I want to be like Jesus. No, it says, I want to serve. Because there's a difference between a volunteer heart and a servant heart. And we want that servant heart because that's what Jesus has. We want to give anything we can, whenever we can. And as our relationship with God grows, guess what? That means our giftings grow. That means our capacity grows. We're no longer just going to be held to this little small thing. Well, all I can do is hand out donuts. No, God is growing in me. That means he's overflowing out of me. And people are experiencing that and seeing that. And they're hearing that from the things that I say. 
And that's when culture begins to change. That's when the church begins to change. And I truly believe this is that when a serving culture permeates the church, the church can then permeate the culture. You may have to read that again. When a serving culture permeates the church, when it takes over every aspect of every person's heart, then the church is going to begin to permeate the culture. That we will no longer be okay with giving in to the world and, and, and we'll do exactly what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of what God has done in you. Back to that very first passage. I am making things new. That God wants to do that in us. He wants to use us to do it through us and to help other people as well. This is when it begins to change the culture. When our hearts change. When we're no longer serving just out of obligation. We're not serving people because we know it's the right thing to do. But because we're passionate about it. Because our heart resembles God's heart. And this is where one of the biggest decisions in our life comes. Because when you have to make this distinction of whether I'm going to serve or whether I'm going to volunteer, you go across this right here, the call of God on my life will make me either move towards serving or away from God. I'm going to say that again. The call of God on my life, if I'm listening and obedient to who God has called me to do or who's, who God's called me to be, it's going to make me do one of two things. It's going to make me walk closer to God or further away from Him. I've got to make that decision. God does not want lukewarm people following him. He doesn't want you to be walking the line going, you know what, some days I'm doing pretty good and other days, eh. He's saying, be on fire, be passionate, be excited about what I'm doing inside of you. Let people see a difference in who you are. Don't sit by and, and mope and walk and go, man, nothing's good in my life. Man, God has saved you. His grace is new in you. He's made you a new creation so that you can share that same love, that same joy, that hope in people's lives that they need. So what do we do? It's easy to know the why. It's easy even to know the what, but how do we put it into action? How do we decide to go? And there's a couple things this morning that, that, that we're going to talk about. But the first thing we have to realize is that if we allow God to do what he was going to do, this church is going to grow. You guys realize that? Now, if, if we all just sit here and we all do our same serving thing and we never invite anybody here to church, hey, we're good. We don't need anybody else serving. You know, we've got three or four people that can do it over and over again. But we truly believe that God's calling us to make our community new, to make our lives new, to make our friends and our family's lives new. And that means people are going to come to know Jesus and people are going to come to this church. And we can't minister to more people if we don't have more people serving God. Our heart for this church is that it would continue to grow. Eventually, the, these two services that we have will no longer be enough, and we'll have to go to a third service. And guess what? We're going to have to have people step up and go, I know God's called me to serve. I know he's called me to live for him, so I'm going to serve whatever it takes. We know that God's put on our heart that eventually we're going to have a second NCC campus, that it's not just going to be here in Mesquite, but there's people in Terrell that don't know God that need to know him. There's people in Rockwall and Rowlett, all the different areas that are going, you know what, I don't have a home church to go to, and we're going, God's called us there. But we can't minister to them if we don't have people with a heart after God's heart, willing to serve, willing to give whatever it takes. And it starts with knowing God. And so I, I do want to give the opportunity for anybody in this room 
that would say, you don't know Jesus, I want you to have that opportunity to start that journey today. And out of respect for you, I just want to ask if everybody would bow your heads and close your eyes, and I want to I give you that opportunity right now. If you don't personally know Jesus Christ, the one who was sent to this earth, who lived sinless and selfless, but died on a cross for you, so that you would have the chance to live in eternity with him, that opportunity is yours this morning. You can begin that relationship. And I know God is already tugging and pulling at your heart going, hey, I'm calling you. I created you for a reason and now here's the call. Will you respond? Will you open up your ears? Soften your heart and say, okay, God, use me. If that's you this morning and you want to ask Christ to come into your life for the very first time, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and stand up wherever you are and come up to the front and I want to pray with you. give you one more second. If there's anybody in this room Alright, if there's nobody here, you guys can look up at me because here's, here's what we're called to do. I'm assuming that means most everybody in here is a Christ follower, that you believe in Him and that you want to grow more in Him. I want to give you some practical steps to do that. And just like last week we had those action steps, we've got a couple for you this morning. And they're going to be up here on the screen. You can write them down, but we're also going to hand them out to you as we leave. And this is them right here. Maybe you don't know what your gift is. You're saying, okay, I'm here, God. Use me, but I don't know how, how I can be used. The first step you can do, complete a spiritual gifts inventory. It's free. It's online. It's on our website. And what it does is it says, hey, this is what it sounds like you're passionate about. This is what God has gifted you in. Because not all of us are as talented as this bald man right here that can play and sing at the same time, right? The coordination just doesn't work. Um, whatever it is, it'll help us realize who we are and who God's created us to be. So if that's your step, I challenge you to do that this week. You can sign up to join a team. That's super easy. There's cards in the seat backs. You can see us at the information center at the back. You can look online and you can click on serve on a team. So easy. It just takes you doing something. Do not sit by while God's speaking to you. And the last one, some of you may already be currently serving on a team, right? We're not saying, hey, join like five or six teams. We want you on all of them. That's not healthy. We want you to do what we talked about two weeks ago and continue to make disciples. Because making disciples doesn't mean I bring them to church and then I'm good. It means that I'm continually helping them grow and walk in their relationship with Christ. And part of that is serving on a team. And so we're asking you, find those people that God has placed in your life and help them realize that serving and having a heart like Christ is so important to who they are and who God has created them to be. This morning, I just want to end by, by praying for you guys and every person in this room. Man, I know God has a purpose and a call on your life, and I believe that he's going to use you to advance his kingdom here in Mesquite and in the surrounding areas. So if you would, bow your heads and let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. What a great opportunity that we have to come before you, to worship you, to give you praise and honor, and to learn more about your word, to learn who you've created us to be, who you've called us to be. But God, we pray right now that you, you would help us to want to be like you. As we talked about in the beginning, that, that all of this is about you. It's all about looking like you, being like you, because you created us. So God, I pray that our hearts would be to be like you that we would know that you've created us, that you've called us, that you've given us gifts, and God, that you would open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts to understand what you've gifted us with so that we can live for you. And God, help us to have a heart like yours. 
Lord, that we would be passionate for the things that you're passionate for, for that our heart would break for the things that your heart breaks for. God, help us to look like you in everything we say and everything we do in the way we live. God, we give you all the praise, all the glory. We give you our lives, and we say, have your way in us. We love you, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.